Budweiser beer, it's good to be here with friends on the podcast. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, that is not actually a can of Budweiser beer that you heard opening a moment ago. That was actually a can of the Black Phillip. The Black Phillip by Blake's. From Armada, Michigan. All the way from Armada, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together from Armada, Michigan. Blake's Hard Cider! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Madness Continues podcast. Uh, I am your host, Brendan Lemon. I'm a human, I'm a person, I'm not a lizard, I'm not a robot. I'm a human. I'm like you. I'm uh, I'm I'm like you, but I have a podcast. Uh, maybe you have a podcast, but you're not me. We're two different people. We're two different humans, but we inhabit the same. We inhabit the same world. We're both in. I mean, literally, not figuratively. Figuratively, we probably live in very different worlds, unless you're a comedian, which maybe you are. Maybe you are, person. Maybe you live in the Russian Federation. Statistics show on SoundCloud that someone in the Russian Federation is apparently a big fan. They listen to both episodes of my show. Uh, I can only assume uh, that I have Vladimir Putin's ear uh, because I know no other Russians. He's really it. It's him and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev and uh, Yuri Brenner, who is not Russian, actually. He's American and dead. And... uh, so that's it. It's just those two. I don't know if Gorbachev knows how podcasts work or SoundCloud. So that's it. So Mr. Putin, uh, I got to tell you, I respect you very much. You really pull, you pull, let me tell you, buddy, you pulled a fast one on America. You pulled a fast one on us. You're a good guy. Why don't you come on down here? You can be the first guest on the podcast, Mr. Putin. Vladimir, Vladdy, Big V, Vladimir, uh, come on down to the podcast. I'll cl- crack some Black Phillip with you, and um, you can be a guest. God damn, we need to figure out how to make that happen. Nope, there we go. That's the uh, explicit rating this podcast has, by the way. Just nailed it right there, right out of the gate. Five minutes in, not even. Brendan's running his mouth talking about Vladimir Putin and cider, and he dropped the old GD. The old, <laughs> the old goddamn... <laughs> The old man. Let me tell you, if uh, if my grandfather liked another curse word more than the old goddamn, I I was not aware. He loved saying it, but he didn't say it to you, and he didn't really say it out loud. He just kind of said it under his breath. He just had this kind of goddamn, and then would go about doing stuff. But I knew, and yeah, and we knew. Me and all the other, me and all the other cousins, we knew, we we knew what Grandpa was doing. We knew how to swear way before we started swearing. That's that's the truth about the childhood that I had. Maybe you had a different childhood. Maybe yours was filled with warmth and splendor, happiness. Uh what is it that what is it that that Russian author says? It's not Tolstoy. It's uh, Dostoevsky, is it? Each happy family is alike in their happiness, but every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. There's I mean that is poetic, but it's also accurate. It's uh every happy family is just riding the same line. But all of us people who grew up in a strange family that was dysfunctional in some kind of way, 
really uh really <laughs> had you there's no end to the tests they could sell us trying to figure out what went wrong with us in our youth. I say accept it. Take it, shove it way down inside you so nobody knows better. Way, way down. Take a take a carving knife and carve a happy face into your face. And then go out on the world with a smile of uh, a rictus smile <laughs> greeting you and your bosses and all of your friends and family. Hey there. Good to see you. How you doing? I'm fine. Everything's okay. Where's the vodka? <laughs> I used to think when this first started, I was like, you know, I'm going to come up with all these really great bit ideas because I'm just going to be running my mouth for like 45 minutes and it's going to be spectacular. I'm going to go through subject to subject to subject because I'm forced to talk about stuff. And eventually it'll come out and I'll think, ah, this is all great. I can start developing this stuff. I'll re-listen to it. I'll get ideas. I'll go on stage with them. I'll start talking about them and really work out those bits. But I got to tell you, after listening to two episodes and recording this one such that it is to this point, I really don't think that's much of a possibility. <laughs> I, think. I don't know if any of this could go on stage properly. I mean, it has to be vetted, you know. It's just there's so much that's that's coming out that just doesn't make any sense, you know. I would challenge you, listener, all one of you in the Russian Federation, go record yourself. Well, maybe don't do it in the Russian Federation. You might, that could get back to you, you know. Vladimir Putin, we know he's good about disappearing people. So maybe that's why you have to listen to this. Maybe maybe you think this is coming from the Russian Federation and it's some kind of coded message. I don't know. Anyway, the point is this. If you have ever tried to talk for 45 minutes straight out, it's amazing, actually. Uh, it's amazing because your brain will, you can just free associate and it floats through time. I used to think that the f front part of Marin's uh, WTF was the least interesting part of that podcast. Hold on a moment while I take a drink. Oh, God damn, that is some good. That's some good hard cider. It's called the Black Phil. Let me finish my point here. I used to think that was the worst part of the podcast, Marin's part at the beginning. Now I really could not be peeled away. I couldn't be peeled away because he is just the the thoughts that are spilling out of that man's brain that are are free associatively flying out. I don't know if he has a bullet point list or he just sits down and goes, but his energy is so high. And you, as you know, as soon as the guest comes on, he turns it way down. He's like, "Hey, tell me about you." Yeah. So what's the deal with uh, you? And then, but it was so much higher. He has a fierce intensity that comes from being afraid of being seen. Uh, that's the thing with stand-up comics, though. Uh, God damn, I can't wait to talk to him one day. Because it, it's like he wants to be there. I know he wants to be there. I know he wants to be there in front of people. But there's a part of him that wants to be known. But the only way that he can know it is if he's introducing other people to it at the same time that he's meeting it. And there's a terror that comes with that. There's a terrified, there's a feeling that that the part that is going to be exposed from him on stage that he himself has not quite met yet is also going to be awful and is going. he's going to hate it and the people in the audience are going to hate it. And he needs them to love it because he can't see it himself enough to love it. 
I I I would bet I would put I would put hard-earned Bitcoin on the fact that that is true. I wit I mean I I'm telling you, that's got to be the case. It's got to be. It's got to be the case. I I mean I'm I'm thinking about only myself. I know that that's the case with me. Is that like I've got parts of myself I I wish I I wish I knew and can't know unless other people are meeting them for the first time. Also, maybe I'm terrified to meet them. So I've played a game of uh, mental mnemonic cat and mouse my entire life, keeping uh, keeping those parts away from me. I don't know. Maybe we're so divorced from any sort of concrete nature in this conversation, so any kind of like specific words that uh, relate to create some semiotic image that you have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. I think I know, but I only barely know. You know what the Buddha says? Those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know. And mostly what I do is speak. So there's some indication. If that's not a reason for you to tune off to this podcast, I don't know what is. Uh, let's uh, let's tr- let's jump back. Let's jump back in here and try to make some sense of uh, of some of this. I should tell you, everybody, this is a good ass cider. It's a cider. It's delicious. Uh, it's a uh, it's Blake's hard cider. It's from Armada, Michigan. I'm a big fan of ciders, and I'm a big fan of Michigan ciders. And I needed one today. Sorry, I'm trying to adjust this cider so I can take a look at it here. I needed one today bad. I had a fucking awful, I had a long day. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But here's the deal. I had a long-ass day, and I needed a good-ass cider. That's a good-ass, that's a good-ass cider, not a good-comma-ass cider. Just to be clear, if you grammar Nazis out there, uh, hopefully somebody punches you next. Anyway, uh, so I'm looking at, anyway, here's the deal. This cider is called the Black Phillip, and it's uh, it's a black can. It's got a goat head on it. It comes out once a year around uh, Halloween, and it's a seasonal cider. It's from Blake's. They were a um, kind of a mom and pop go down when you're a kid, you know, and get the caramel apples and the cider and uh, take a goat ride and eat some donuts and that kind of thing, and it was like a real, uh, man, it was just wasn't that great of a, joint when it was when I was younger most ciders and uh, mills in Michigan first of all Michigan has a ton of them because the uh, apple blossom is the is the state uh flower and there's just a lot of apple production that sort of went on in the state and anyway they've got all these uh, cider mills and up until prohibition they that's what they exclusively made hard cider basically they picked the apples, they sold the apples, and they made the apples for the hard cider. But after Prohibition, nobody even had any idea what the hell hard cider was anymore. And so for the better part of like 60 years, practically, nobody made any cider with them. And then towards the, like the late 90s, um, 60, 70 years, they started making this hard cider again. They discovered, holy shit, people like to drink this, especially when it's dry and it doesn't taste like a sorority girl's cotton candy wet dream which is what all of this shit on the marketplace tastes like. So here's the second part. You're listening to this podcast or statistically not listening to it, all of you who are out there not listening to it. I got a bone to pick with you because one day I'm going to be really famous and you guys are going to be like, I've been listening to Lemon since he's his second, third podcast. Yeah, he's, he's, his ideas, man, they're so, let me tell you, they're, they're profound. 
You know, I don't know what he was doing all those years that he was inactive. Fucking your mom. That's what I was doing, asshole. Bam. That's what you get for pretending to like me uh, before I was famous. I was banging your hot mom, drinking a can of delicious Blake's hard cider from Armada, Michigan. It's got a goat on the front. It's got a goat on the front. Uh, the goat is looking at you. His eyes are red. Surprise! <laughs> His eyes are red, man. They're staring at your soul. You know what that's from? It's from the movie The Witch, uh, spelt with two Vs. So let that one float around your mind space. It's got two Vs, which uh, is odd because it's technically called the W. So... That's a rather curious artistic decision. It ought to be two U's next to each other. The wish. The wish. (laughs) I dare you. I dare you to make that noise out loud right now during your commute. Do it right now on the train and the car. If I hope this is on a this, this somebody in a carpool assistant is playing this. You better do it. The wish, the witch. <laughs> oh fuck it! I did get a good bit out of this episode. <laughs> There's no way I can't do that in an open mic. You know what's great about that joke too that I just did? First of all, it's not really a joke yet. There's no punchline. Uh, and because of that reason, it's not going to do well, (laughs) but if I can get on stage and go, the witch, the witch, (laughs) it's a double U, get it? (laughs) Comedy. Oh, man, I have lost my goddamn mind. I'm not even done with this bottle of this this can of cider yet. That's how you know this shit is effective. Haven't even finished this can of cider. I will tell you this, though, audience. Remember when I said episode one, I'm like, I haven't been drinking. Uh, I have been drinking tonight. Before this can of cider, uh, I had a a glass of red wine. Uh, I had a glass of red wine because... Um, I had a long day, and I will talk about that in a minute. We are only 10 minutes into this episode. I can't be jumping to my second or third subject yet. Oh, wait, 15? What? This is what happens. You get into a liminal state. This is the thing. You know, you know, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, Mihai, which is a name, actually. He wrote the book Flow, and uh, the man's a genius. And he talks in the book Flow about the fact that when you get into a flow state, your brain goes into uh, hypofrontality, I think. Uh, hypo, uh, neocortical hypofrontality. That's the uh, actual term I'm pulling at out of the top of my neocortex. Blibbity blow. See how I just wove that in there, like an expert uh, Native American uh, cart uh, cart weaver. Jesus, uh, rug weaver, blanket weaver. All right, let's everybody stop. <laughs> let's go back to the beginning here. So Mihai checks, except Mihai. Uh, he 
he he talked about flow and here's the thing that it's he basically discovered which is that your brain goes into a neocortical hypofrontality when uh you are engaged in an activity that is uh, fully engrossing and time can melt away this is why you know you're you're playing a game you're like some people do it in rock climbing some people get it in chess they can look at the same move their brain will be going over and over and over and over all these different possibilities and it'll it'll be like the scene from Searching for Bobby Fischer where it's like all the numbers are going around his head and he's playing the games of chess like that right there that can ha- you can just see two guys just staring at a chessboard and they're they will be sp- just sweat pouring from their from their bodies and their brows because their brain is burning a bunch of calories that is so much alliteration god i love that their brain is burning the blo- boiling bus bu- bumpers anyway uh because that's uh your brain that's how it works is that your brain is burning all these calories because it's working through these different things and so what flow is is a state that causes uh you to lose track of time that the parts of your brain that register the passage of time actually kind of shut down a little bit because they're so you're so engrossed in the activity as it's occurring uh this becomes an end in itself so people seek it out naturally i'm just saying this is what I get into a little bit when I do this podcast, at least the last two times I've done it, is that I'll be talking, and after some time, I'm like, man, that's, this, that wasn't that bad, and then I'll look at the then I'll look at the thing and go, uh, the little recorder device that I use, a, uh, a Zoom, Zoom H5, and I'll go, holy shit, I've been talking for 45 minutes? Like, what is going on with this? And uh, that's what it's from, is that all of that, all of that, uh, basically, just it's me spewing forward because my brain is turning over all these topics so quickly. I'm trying to make you laugh, people. Um, tonight, I think I'm just trying to survive. I think uh, I should have recorded this yesterday. And then let this be a lesson to all of you people who have goals. Uh, some great man once said that uh, the baseline for what must be done for great people is just higher than everyone else's. And there's really something for that. So so it's like, basically, I know, and you know, like, if you don't go to work in the morning, you know, you're if you don't do that, if you don't do it enough, you're just going to lose your job. But, like, for a great person, they're like, it's not just if I don't go to work, it's if I don't record a podcast, if I don't post it, if I don't post an article on Quora, if I don't repost the article on Medium.com, if I don't, you know, all those things like that, their baseline is just higher. So I'm trying to get this done. I told myself I'd get it done on Tuesday. Uh, I, I post it on Tuesday. I want to maintain a Tuesday posting on this podcast. Uh, that is my guarantee to all one of you who's listening from the Russian Federation that this will be out and you can listen to it. Uh, I, but, I mean, the reason I do it is not just because of uh, the audience here, but because I actually really enjoy... This is just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun to talk into this microphone. It's a lot of fun to record. It's a lot of fun to you know, just kind of go through my head and deal with it. This is a little bit like therapy when I told other people about it. Um, it's just a, it's just a good, uh, but anyway, the point is, is that I was supposed to try to get this done uh, yesterday and wasn't able to get it done because, uh, I just had other shit going on. Truthfully, I just vegged out and played a game of civilization five on my computer for like four hours. Uh, which if you haven't played it is lovely. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I, it's, uh, they put out a new one, but truthfully, I don't even think we need it. What was wrong with the last one? 
It was fine. Everything worked fine. I'm still playing it. I'm not going to buy the new one. Uh, which is why video games are going to move to a service, a software as a service model, probably. Everything is. You're going to have, soon, you're just going to pay one money. It's just going to be one payment that you pay to whoever the hell it is uh, that uh, controls the world around you. Probably a amalgam of Amazon, Google, Apple, and uh, Whole Foods, which is, I think, now owned by Amazon. I think it's owned by Amazon, actually. So it's really just the big three. And you're going to pay them one. You just got to choose. Each one is going to have a package. And then you just give them all the money you have. And that's it. They just give you whatever it is. Hey, you paid for the package. You put for the uh, Silver Star package. So that's what you get. You get the Silver Star stuff. Uh, that's what your life is going to be. It's going to be like a fucking episode of Black Mirror, which is um, the more and more I make that joke, and talk about that, and mention that it's going to be like Black Mirror, the more and more I'm convinced that's the actual truth. This is a fucking weird... If you guys watch that show, uh, all four of you listening, have you... Have you, have you watched that show? Did you see the episode with Bryce Dallas Howard? First of all, lovely woman, gorgeous, Ron Howard's daughter, so pretty. Secondly, get put in, you know, go on a run. <laughs> it's the future. Uh, she just, she was looking like she, I don't know what, uh, this sounds terrible because you can't ever call an actress fat. That's, that's, that's first of all. And, uh, and I didn't, if you notice, I sidestepped it. I didn't say it. She's a lovely woman though. I would, uh, God, those redheads, man, especially her with her smile. She's so pretty. God, I see. That's the thing about that episode too. If you, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the episode now. Um, unless you can't get it in Moscow, then I guess pirate it. But anyway, the episode, I think it was episode one of the most recent season. This, uh, she wants to get a new house and everyone in the world she lives in is rated. They're all rated on a star system and people who have really good high ratings actually can live cheaper lives because people, businesses want them to use their services. So, she needs to get a slightly higher rating in order to get the discount to move into her new place because she thinks that if she moves into her new place she's going to get uh the, she's going to get the man that she wants uh that's the premise of the show of the sh- of the episode Bryce Dallas Howard is in it and uh it feels like that's a real that's a thing could come true man it's a real thing that can happen. We are all walking around judging each other and everything. I rated an Uber driver the other day, and then he rated me, and we were talking about that. I don't know what my rating is on Uber. There was an app some time ago that came out. Um, I don't remember the name of this app, but it what it allowed uh, it allowed women to rate the men they had dated. Uh, from Facebook, so it took a it took a guy without your knowledge, gentlemen. It took your Facebook profile picture and Facebook profile, and then moved it over to uh, this app, and allowed women who had dated you or gone on dates with you or were otherwise or fuck it. I mean, maybe not even involved with you at all. 
could start making comments about how you were so that if girls were like, oh, I kind of like this guy, they could go check you out on the app and they would go, oh, wait, no, it turns out he's, you know, he's got a little dick or, you know, he's, uh, he's very nice, but also a total, uh, didn't pay for dinner. Like whatever you, you know, those kinds of things they have on the app, they, they will tell you about them, about you. And so consequently, like you, you just, uh, that's it. It's like you're you're just done. <laughs> you don't get any say in what goes on. So like you could you could have had a bad I mean like this is a real thing that could happen. You could have had a the, the worst. You could have gotten fired from your job. You could have gotten news that your your you know your mother's cancer is advanced. And then uh, you could have been like uh you could have gotten that the, uh, the day before a date and then right before you got on the date you could have gotten you know, another like you could have gotten like a, a like shoved in the street by a guy who, when you turned around, was your high school bully, and then when you walk into the date, you're like in the worst, weirdest state of mind you've been in, and then you just weird, and then she just rates you like, hey, one star, wasn't a great listener, talked about his problems, and then now, every time in the future, all these other women, they're gonna go look at this thing. And they're going to go, this guy, he's such a, he's not a good listener. He's just terrible. And everybody's going to dogpile on it because that's their first impression. If you don't believe me, by the way, there is research that proves that if you create a new market online, like a new song market, like a Spotify or something like that, like if you create a new market for Spotify or for not just music, but like articles and like Reddit does this with things that are upvoted, turns out things that are new and get a slight upvote at the beginning, for one reason or another, end up continuing with that momentum much higher later. Even though, were you to do the vote again, uh, things would even out. Something could be very highly or very negatively voted, up or down, based on uh, just how it was treated early in its uh, in its infancy in the uh, marketplace. And... All of us, it, we decide how we're going to react to it later based on how many votes it already has. So, uh, for example, I have an article on Medium.com. I wrote it when Medium first got started. It was years ago. And most of you are like, what is Medium.com? Good question, because I don't think most people know what it is. It's a writing platform created by the guy who made Twitter uh, for people to write shit and sh- share it. That's That's it. That's the premise. So I wrote an article about why dating a European woman rocks. And it's when I was living in Europe five years ago and dating a European woman. Medium had just started. Uh, I published this article, and because it was so early, I was able to get the article into one of their main uh, areas, which was uh, IMHO, in my humble opinion, and was able to tag it, and it got upvoted by a handful of people. And to this day... I'll get emails. I've never, I almost have never published another thing on Medium. I'll get emails from Medium.com going, your article got 400 views today. Like 400 people clicked on it and read it. Some of them upvoted it. They got two or three upvotes today. I didn't do shit with that article. I didn't upvote it. It just was there early and got a little bit of an upvote. And now for the rest of, until Ragnarok, people are going to be reading that article. The opposite is true with Mr. Had a Bad Day. Uh, that miss uh doesn't matter consequences aren't important daddy pays for everything downvoted on her first date and that poor man is now reaping the I mean he should he have canceled the date I don't know maybe but was his head in a position to 
The question is, why is the world so unforgiving to that poor gentleman? You know? I don't know. I don't know where we are now. We're just left with more questions. We've got, we've got more questions. We've got fewer answers. Technology was supposed to solve a lot of our problems, but I think it's really just helping a very small group of people. Uh, you guys see the social network? I think that's a good example. The underlying theory is all of that's that's sex. That's what that, everything's about. Everything's about sex. You got a lamp, desk lamp. It's about sex. You got a computer that's supposed to connect you with people. It's about trying to fuck or them trying to fuck you or trying to get help them to fuck each other so you can make a buck. And uh, historically, most technologies uh, that were created were pretty much instantly used for sex. Somebody, you know, needed to club uh, an animal to eat it for dinner they got the club they clubbed the animal next club was a dildo they pulled it off the tree and they were like we can shove this in a hole and that's what happened and uh the first club was actually used to fuck too because once the guy got the animal he took the club tossed it in the fire to get some warmth cooked the animal and then shared it with a girl when she fucked him and that's why prostitution was the oldest uh it's the oldest profession so all, all I'm saying is, uh, you know, the social network might be right. It's all about sex. And uh, <laughs> and you've tur- tuned out of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that was almost as good as the wish. So uh, none of this I wanted to talk about. What I really wanted to talk about was my day. If I can't, if I, if you did actually listen to the first and second installments of this podcast, The Madness Continues, which statistically you didn't, uh, you you would probably go, hey, Brendan, why are you so just, why are your thoughts so disjointed in this episode? Uh, well, that's a good question, audience member. The answer to that question is that I've, I've been working for like 14 motherfucking hours today. Oh, get in my stomach. Get in my blood. Yeah, I've been working for 14 hours today. I got up at 6 a.m. Uh, with a lady. Got up at 6 a.m. with a lady. Uh, To go to work and get in the office. Only to be bombarded from like the moment I stepped in with all kinds of shit that just sent my day on a roller coaster. Uh, for pretty much the next 12 and a half hours where my workday ended. Uh, and then I came here and continue, continued working. By the way, I'm not counting the 14 hours that I mentioned now, actually. It is beyond that amount of time. This is fun. This is a fun thing to do for me. Hopefully for you, actually. Is it fun? For real, though, I'd like to know. If you guys want to post a comment or message me, uh particularly you, Mr. Putin. I got a Blake's hard cider here with your name on it, sir. Uh, if you, you know, if you, if you do, if you want to message me, that'd be really cool. But here's the, here's the point. I was working a very long time today and I just don't get the point of jobs. I, I fucking, wh- what are we doing? You know, what, wh- how much of this shit needs to get done? Uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. The only reason we're continuing to do this is because 
We're all trying to fuck. That's exact. It comes back to the same thing. It's the social network, man. We're trying to get it in. And the people who have more status and power, they get it in better with better people. Did you see Harvey Weinstein's wife? Here's proof. Harvey Weinstein was a... First of all, it's there's proof for two reasons. He's a terrible guy. I'm glad we put him away. Fuck him. He should go down in flames. Uh, he accused by 40 women. There's no way that he's not... You know what I mean? Like, it, one, if one of those is true, <laughs> it's 39 other women. You know what I mean? It's a 2%, 3% like fail. You know what I mean? If if only that much is true. If it's a 97% failure rate in terms of accusation to reality, even the 3%. I mean, like, see, he's just a sleazebag. And so anyway, let me just get back to the point here now that he's gone down and apparently the dog piles uh still not over uh i just you know this guy he did this for like 30 years there's two indications that like you can just get away with whatever you want if you have the power and it's uh the first is that it it's been like 30 years you know he's been doing this forever i mean for the man's in his 60s he's been doing this for the longest time and his wife this is the part that is truly mind-boggling his wife is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's just, I mean, she is like a foot taller than him. She's, I mean, she's just model-esque. She's statuesque. She looks like a ballet dancer mated with a heron. I mean, a woman with poise. She's a gazelle, that lady. She's composed of pure light and ethereal gossamer. And... And just looks, I mean, just look, I mean, a Greek, a better version of a Greek statue has not been made. And this dude, I mean, notwithstanding how awful his awfulness was, that's how, I mean, that's how you know he's awful, though, is because it's like he could go, this is the woman he could be with every night, and he's like, nah, I go bust a nut on this plant. Nah, pardon me. I just don't tell. It's okay. It's fine. I swear on my children. That was the creepiest. I swear on my children. Jesus, Harvey. Ugh. Sorry to leave you with a bad taste in your mouth. I'm just saying that, like, this guy had all this power because it's like he's he was doing this for 30 years, and he's a horrible-looking fucking troll. I mean, uh, 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 look like Shrek's, you know, ugly little brother. And is with this absolutely breathtaking uh, woman. And that's how you know that the power is important. Because there's no fucking way. I, do you think there's any way she she wanted to fuck him on purpose? Do you think there's any way? I'm like, maybe after she fell in love and, like, she has, assuming that, that that part is true. And I think it could have been. I don't know enough to know about the relationship to force judgments in there. But... I do know that there's no way she would have done it if he didn't have the money. She'd have been like, who the fuck is this tiny slime bag trying to talk to me? He should be shooting his load on a plant somewhere. Actual thoughts that pass through her brain. And instead, he was like, hey, toots, look at all this here. Movie cash. The movie cash. And then he took out the movie cash with his fucking sticky jizz on it, stuck it to her to her denim dress. <laughs> and then paid for whatever surgery she wanted. I mean, I think that's a Hollywood dream. 
I, look, I don't know. I don't. I didn't mean to say that she has. She's. You know, I don't think she probably has any surgeries. I don't know if any of that's true. I'm just saying that she's a much beautiful woman than him, more beautiful than him. And uh, they look. It looks like he's photoshopped into every photo they are together, or vice versa. It looks like they're. You know, somebody went in with Adobe After Effects and airbrushed uh, one or the other into the photograph. It, it, that's just what it looks like. Go Google it, man. So power is important, clearly. That's why we're working. That's why we're trying to do it. People want to fuck. And if you're a guy, you can't fuck without it. You can't, there's no way you can't. You, you have you tried to, I mean, you can fuck without a job, sure, but you got to have money. And if you don't have money and you're trying to fuck, I mean, people say, and I believed it for a while. It's like, it's all about game. It's all about how much game you have. Do you have the game? Can you have game? It's true, ladies and gentlemen. You can fucking and and not have a job. I know because I was homeless and still was able to <laughs> to get it in. But you got to have something else. You know what I mean? You got to have some sand. And part of that, if you don't have a job, has to be a really goddamn good story about why you don't have a job and about why you're gonna bounce back. And it has to be real. It doesn't have to be true, but it has to be real. Meaning, like you have to believe it. So like I was like oh, I'm coming back from this and I did I'm here in my apartment with equipment I bought with my own money from a job that I have so that part was true but it wasn't like you didn't she she didn't know if it was gonna be true but I had to believe it and convey that it was true does that make sense it's like you can't lie that's what I'm saying it has to be real but it doesn't have to be true it doesn't have to be materialized yet. It just has to be like I'm fucking coming back and then she's like he's coming back it's true. <sighs> that's the only way that it works. But otherwise, we're all trying to work because we're trying to get it in. And you got to, like, you got to punch the clock, man. You got to have the money. You got to have something. Listen to Jordan B. Peterson. Google who I'm talking about if you haven't already heard of him. Uh, he's a guy who talks a lot about dominance hierarchies because he's Canadian, so he sounds like Kermit the Frog. One thing you got to know, eh, is the dominance hierarchy. All right? On the... F- Fucking Canadians, man. Go Habs. Anyway. Uh, North Bay Trappers. So, Jordan B. Peterson talks a lot about diamond and hierarchies. One of the things that's true, uh, apparently, is that women tend to date men laterally or up dominance hierarchies, but men only date women laterally or down. And I would defy you, and if you're listening to this podcast and you were able to slog through the bullshit long enough to get to this point, uh, I would be very interested to know what your thoughts are about this. Do you think that do you think that dominance hierarchies exist? Do you think that they don't exist? I think they exist, and I think that women absolutely do only date uh, laterally or up unless they've been fooled. Unless they've been fooled or they have some kind of very bad self-opinion or something like that. And men mostly only date uh, laterally and down. I think that that's I think that feels true to me. Um, I'm open as other people making arguments for being different. I I certainly don't. I have only anecdotal evidence in my life. Um, Plus, how do you measure dominance hierarchy? Really? Is it just by how much somebody money somebody makes? Because. I think there's probably people who are higher up in a dominance hierarchy who make less money who are more dominant. And I think that you can recognize characters like that in movies. Nobody's coming to mind. 
but I think that there are characters who sort of, they exist almost outside of the dominance hierarchy in a kind of way. And those people are almost like wild cards. That's, I think, the position, by the way, I tried to play in high school was I was like, I just don't really kind of, yeah, like, you know, terms just really don't apply to me, I guess. Like, people can call me what they want, but I won't correct them, but I'm just kind of more about being me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I tried that, but I was more just like, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know. I tell jokes on stage because I've been doing stand-up for 15 years. Wow, this has really become a maelstrom of chaos, hasn't it? Uh, jobs. They're, we all have them. We all have to deal with them. Um, I think hopefully you do something that makes you happy. Uh, I don't, I don't understand why we're all working. Uh, universal basic income is going to have to happen because everything is going to become automated. And part of the reason it's going to become automated is because Bitcoin is going to make everybody, uh, not everybody, a very small number of people ultra rich. There's already people who are like Bitcoin millionaires. They bought like $700 worth of Bitcoin like five years ago with a bunch of bar mitzvah money. And they're already a, a millionaire. They got like $4 million from the $700 worth of Bitcoin. And that's it. That's their whole life. They could sell it right now, take the money, put it in the bank, do whatever. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Here's why. the con- This is so dumb. Why am I trying to explain about this? All right, here we go. We're going to have an actual economist on this podcast, actually. We're going to get an actual economist who's actually public. Bush. Oh, Blake's hard cider. You are, you are cutting through me. You are cutting through me. We're going to get an actual economist on this podcast. It's going to happen. Uh, he's a friend of mine. And uh, he's a good guy. He's written a number of books, uh, truthfully. He's he's a published author. He makes his money by publishing books with insights on economics and touring the country speaking about economics. That's what he does. And we're going to get him on this podcast because I want to talk about the relationship between uh, value and money and value creation and value as a uh, as a unit of account because bitcoin is upsetting a number of different things that are occurring uh in terms of the relationship of money to uh value and the way that we certainly perceive money uh i own no bitcoin by the way i'll just be honest with you i don't have i fucking have nothing dude it's so i was broke as broke could broke back when that was a thing and part of the reason my life was in shambles was because I came from the generation that graduated during the worst depression since the worst depression. So it was like, uh, hey, man, go ahead and start your life. By the way, I found this knife. Let me put it in your kneecap. That's a- it's not even an exaggeration, actually. I mean, it was like totally fucked up. Uh, it, most of the people listening to this probably <laughs> are not listening to it. <laughs> Uh, if I get a three laugher in in a 45-minute episode, <laughs> it's time well spent. Uh, most of the people listening to this, if they are, uh, if, the, if, if they exist, are probably actually not exactly my age. They're probably slightly younger is my guess. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know what my core demographic is. Uh, Russian Federation, though, definitely. 
not sure what your age is, but you definitely exist in the Russian Federation. And uh, in which case, it, your whole life has been an economic depression. <laughs> you haven't had, you don't even know what good times looks like. I remember in the 90s, things were booming, and, I, and my parents were like, everything just works out. That was my dad's advice for me, by the way. When I was, uh, I had a really shitty time out of college trying to figure out this whole job situation. Before I knew that you could just use pocket change on uh, ethereal virtual money and have that cryptocurrency turn into billions. Anyway, my dad had, uh, he w I was like, I don't know if I should go to college. I don't know if I'm going to go to college, grad school. I had graduated from college in the worst economy since the worst economy. And, I didn't know if I should go to grad school, didn't know if I should go pursue a law degree, didn't know if I should start a company or what I should do, didn't feel like I had any real appreciable skills, despite having internships at National Public Radio and the United States Embassy to Paris. That's true. Why couldn't you hire, what the, I mean seriously, what the fuck, what are you going to not hire that dude? A great intern, <sighs> whatever. Anyway, that is a rant for another episode you won't listen to. Now, I asked my dad, I said, what should I do? What should I do with all of this? What should I do in my life, Pops? And my dad was like, yeah, well, uh, sounds like you got to think about it. And that was the advice. <laughs> hey, man, I think you got to... I was like, your advice is I should think about my decisions, Dad? Uh, how the fuck did you end up here? And my dad was like, well, how did I end up... Well, let me tell you, Brendan... Things have a way of working out. I was like, I don't know if anybody on United 93 thought that. Hey, guys, things have a way of working out as this plane careens into a Pennsylvania countryside. Uh, That's a harsh left turn. It certainly is at the end of this podcast because it's been 45 minutes of this insane rambling coming out of my mouth at uh, faster than the ability to filter rate. So here's the deal. Uh, hug your loved ones close. Crack open a good old can of Blake's cider, the Black Phillip, if you can get it, and just try to deal with your problems because, in whatever way you can, in whatever way you can, good listener, because otherwise the madness continues. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time. <laughs>